Hello, I'm Corey. And I'm Samantha. And this, this is, is the Coco, Coco and Jojo, Jojo Show. Well, it's been quite a while. A lot has happened. Yeah. So, um, I don't even know where we left off. I do know that we kind of stopped because um, Corey got a little sick. It wasn't the corona. It was not the corona. Um, it was the pneumonia. <laughs> yeah. Pretty bad case of pneumonia. Um, we were concerned that it could have been COVID, but it did uh, test negative. Um, well, what's scary is pneumonia has basically the same exact symptoms. I mean, I had the f really high fever. I was starting to struggle to breathe. Mm -hmm. So obviously everyone was on high alert at the hospital. Yeah. So um, Corey sat with a fever for a few days at home. Um, and we were saying hi. It was getting up to like 103, 104. Um, he literally probably sat in the couch for, I don't know, two or three days straight. And, and two of those days, I watched those kids by myself too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Watching the kids. Um, and so finally on a weekend morning, we decided, I forced him to go to urgent care. Dropped him off. With everything going on, I wasn't able to go in with him. So he went in by himself and... Then he finally called me to update me and tell me that he is on oxygen. They can't get his O2 to stay up. It's in the 80s. They're starting some IV fluids and IV antibiotics. They're giving him a breathing treatment. And he'll keep me posted. So. And then they pulled me off the oxygen at one point and it dropped to the 70s. And everyone got nervous. And that's when the doctor called the hospital. And yeah. I had to move. Yeah. From, what was that, instant care to urgent care urgent to the care ed to the ed yep um because they couldn't get him to stay above 80 um or even really in the 80s so i don't know what they finished doing i think they did the IV antibiotics finished the breathing treatment and then he got in the car with me and he drove over to the ed and when we were there i had to drop him off again because i wasn't able to go in and i had to basically go home and wait and figure out what was happening and I had, it was all a blur, but I was laid on a, on one of the doctors, or on one of the beds, hooked up to, oh, that's, what's the EKG? They did an EKG, yeah. EKG machine. They pumped lots of fluids in me. Mm -hmm. Lots of. They did a rapid COVID test that took a few hours to yeah, get results back. That took quite a while. I mean, it was same day results, but yeah, it was still hours and sense, hours. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, um, all the nurses were in like those full like body suits yeah. like you saw in ET because um, at that point I was they still weren't on, sure yeah, yeah they were unsure and the nurse that he had was so certain that it was COVID what was the saying she, she said she said if it quacks like a duck and waddles like a duck then it's most likely a duck yeah but I was a goose. Yeah, it was a goose. <laughs> it was definitely not a duck. It was similar, but it was not the duck. Yeah. Uh huh. Didn't quack. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he had to stay the night. Um, I was not able to go up and visit him until, like, 2 o'clock the next day because they had strict visiting hours between, I don't know, like, 2 and 6 or something. Um, when I got up there... He was getting ready to go for a walking test off of oxygen um, to see how his levels were doing. And even on the walking test, he was really mediocre, dipped down into the 80s, um, but he got it back up. And the doctor decided to let him go home that day. And I 
think that that was probably a mistake, but uh, we made it through. I think the doctor was looking at, and the nurses were looking at the fact that I was on this uh, COVID area too, mm-hmm. and, and um, my room was for COVID. It yeah. had that special ventilation. Yeah, it looks like ET's room. Yeah, um, but they were saying that I was not only the youngest, but the most healthy person in that area. So I think he thought, since it was not COVID, and I and he was keeping my age and health into a factor, I think he thought I could recover on my own at home. Yeah. And so Corey, for those that may not know, Corey doesn't really have any pre-existing conditions. First off, he doesn't go to the doctors, like typical whatever. But um, he doesn't have any lung issues. He doesn't have... Um, asthma. He doesn't have anything that would kind of predispose him for pneumonia. It's very odd and bizarre that he caught it. We think that he caught it from our daughter who possibly had it as well. Um, the doctor, but overall, Corey's a very healthy person. The doctor had a theory when he learned of my, once we got my my uh, personal. Oh, your primary care? My primary care. He actually really believes that um it could have been the fact that I have to wear a mask at work for 10 hours a day. And if I'm not washing it as well as I should be and taking care of them, that breathing in that bacteria constantly could definitely cause pneumonia. So now I have been washing my mask with my Oh, were you not doing that before? I was just rotating them. You weren't washing them though? Well, I, I had, before you bought me all those ones, all I had were those reusable. I was using the same reusable uh. Yeah. For like a week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well. So that's what he thinks could have been the cause. And he said it was probably minor. But like we said, I I told him that I knew something was wrong like a week prior to it getting that bad. Yeah. And here's the thing. I, I knew he was sick. I knew he was at home spiking fevers. But he wasn't telling me what was going on. So it wasn't until... We went in on a Saturday morning. It wasn't until Friday where he was like, the stuff in my lungs, I just am having a hard time breathing. And I'm like, Corey, you have to go get that checked out. Like, it's not normal to have, like, feeling like there's stuff in your lungs. And sure enough, he had a whole crap load of pneumonia in his lungs. So um, he had a few rough days after that. We did have a pulse ox at home, so we kept an eye on him. Took him a long time, probably almost a week or more, to fully recover physically, being able to walk around and not get short of breath, not... His oxygen was still desatting um, when we were home, and uh, it took a while to recover. For sure. Uh, I did think it was strange, though, that our daughter did have a very similar illness prior to you having it, so I think there was part of that factor, too. I do, too, because she was allowed to sleep on my pillow, and then I got sick. (laughs) I don't recall that, but I guess it happened. Um, so yeah, so we had that, uh, that threw, threw us off for a while. Cause even when we were kind of ready, we thought to do it or to get back on a recorded podcast, um, Corey was still really short of breath. Like I said, it really did take him a few weeks to get back, um, physically and, but I went to work within four days. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> we won't even go there. <laughs> what a mess. You're a mess. All right. Well, finally he has a primary care he's following up with. He's had his physical, how'd that go? Um, Passed with flying colors because I'm a healthy young man, somewhat. Corey also just turned 35, so he's almost 40. 
I'm downhill to 40 now. Um, but this is probably his first physical he's had in years. So I think it's very important, especially since you're continuing to age every year, get closer to 40, to just make sure that blood pressure is good, cholesterol is good, all that stuff. All that was good. Yeah. Which I knew because I know my own body. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> just promote to other men. Tell them it's okay to go get their physical. Definitely, it's okay to go get your physical and get checked out because not everyone is as blessed as me with good genetics and good health. And it's not like I'd be lying if I sat here and said like I work hard at being healthy. Oh uh, no, he doesn't. And everything, I'm just super blessed that my family's genes are good. Um, particularly, my father's genes yeah. have really good genes. My grandmother's healthy for her age. My dad's healthy. It, luckily, I caught that. Because on my mom's side, it's not that way, so it easily could have gone the other way. Anyways. Okay, moving on from all that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we did, like I said, we had that, and then we had Corey's birthday recently, and then our daughter turned five, the big five. Um, so we've had a lot going on, and we've been trying to catch up. It's difficult with schedules, but here we are. We're back, finally, getting an episode in. With unicorns everywhere. Unicorns unicorns i just mean they have shirts with unicorns the party was unicorns oh that was, was the birthday it was party. like a unicorn <laughs> blast yeah she did the unicorn theme birthday party um we do like unicorns and rainbows here yeah you do or the girls do anyways i'll go that route you learn to like by default um so what else has happened we had um We'll talk a little bit more before we get back into kind of the track that we were on beforehand. So we had the election happen um, recently. That was a big deal. You went and voted. That was cool. I went and voted. I had to drive an hour and a half to go to my um, voter registration place because we moved um, back in June. We moved back in June, and it was a new build, so our address wasn't on the DMV, so I had to wait a long time to be able to switch my license, and by the time I did all that, elections coming up, and I never got my voter registration switched in time. So in order for me to vote, I had to drive an hour and a half to another county and vote, and I did it, and I literally got to the polling place 15 minutes before it closed. Um, and the number one reason that I went was because that morning, one of my coworkers um, made a comment that us women have fought for this right to vote and she thinks how important it is for us to, to use that right and that really hit me and I agreed with it and so I went and voted. Corey, however, did not vote. I haven't voted since Obama's first term. Yeah. <laughs> and I it's will more be just that pretty honest about probably that. not registered and um on Obama's first term, there was only one presidency before that that I didn't vote, which was Bush's uh, re-election term. Oh, and then the um, Trump and Hillary one, we were out of state, and you didn't do any planning ahead of time, so mm -hmm. that's why you didn't vote for that one. And then this one, you aren't registered, because he's not. he doesn't have a state license, mm -hmm. but he's working on it, so hopefully next I have four years to around, figure it out. Yeah. But hopefully I get it figured out before then, yeah. um, because next one, I think... I mean, this all elections are important, and this one was important, but I think next one will be just as yeah, important. For sure. Really important. And if Kanye runs for president, what's the rule? Vote for Kanye. No. 
do not vote for Kanye. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see who has it running. There's lots of couples that vote for opposite candidates. Which and is fine. Get along just That's fine. fine. Okay. Anyway, moving on. We all know Kanye's a little crazy and he'd be very unstable in the White House. Yeah, and we, I think you could agree on that. Well, we talked in depth about the real, yeah. my real feelings on Kanye for just being silly. Um, uh, let's see what else. So, I'll be honest and say that we have already done our Christmas decorating. It is November, mid-November. By we, she means her. I didn't um, decorate anything. Anybody else out there doing their Christmas decorating early this year? I've seen a lot of people posting it. Um, I think that it's. The crazy year that we've had, everybody just wants a little extra of that Christmas joy, you know, in their house. So I kind of did it too. But to be fair, I'm probably going to be traveling around the time I would normally decorate. And then it would just be putting it off longer in December. So that's probably my reason for doing it. Hmm. But we're ready. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about today is November 14th. And it is World Diabetes Day. Did you know that? I did not. November is actually Diabetes um, Awareness Month. And today is World Diabetes Day. That's weird that November is Diabetes Month and a lot of people in your life were born in November. You're kind of right. That is strange. <laughs> Anybody that does not know, I have type 1 diabetes. Um, I've had it since 2004. So 16 years. Um, and I am surrounded by November birthdays. Surrounded. All my life I've been surrounded by November birthdays. So that is very interesting. Um, so it's, it's World Diabetes Day today because it is Dr. Frederick Banting's birthday. Any guesses as to who Dr. Frederick Banting would be in the diabetes world? Um, did you read my notes? No. The discoverer of insulin? Yeah, but did you read my notes? No. You did yes. too. You read my notes. I did not. Yeah, you did. My only other guess was he discovered diabetes, but I was like, that's just too basic. That <laughs> can't be what it is. Yes. So Dr. Banting um, won the Nobel Prize in 1923 for discovering insulin with him and a couple colleagues. Was it pig's insulin like it is today or it, what? So it started off in 1921 and when he started doing it, and he started off with a dog. Okay. And then he moved on. How do, how do you to, extract insulin? Do you know the procedure? No. I just wondered how he figured out that that was how. There to was do a it. lot of. There was a lot of information that I read, but I can't. Tell, I can't recite it to you. I don't. I can't. But he did figure out how to um, extract it. People were kind of studying it before that, but they couldn't figure out how to take it out and use it. So he apparently one of the first ones that he took out were very murky and brown and yucky looking, and people were like, "That's not going to do anything." But he kept a dog alive with severe diabetes for 70 days, which is probably a big thing, like, in the beginning of research. In the 1920s, for yeah, sure. Yeah, right. So, um, so he started off with a dog, and then they moved on to cattle, and for a long time it was cattle and pork that they were extracting the insulin from, and then in 1978 is when the first genetically engineered human insulin was produced. So I believe there is still a form out of... Um, the cattle and pork, but it's definitely not a very common or highly like recommended insulin. I think there's still a form out. Don't quote me on that. Um, but typically it's the genetically engineered. I learned something um, there too, because I thought it was always just pork insulin. No, it's, it's genetically engineered now. Um, so 
he started discovering that in November <laughs> as well. And in January of 1922, so 1921 is when he started discovering it. January of 1922, um, there was a 14-year-old boy in Toronto who received his first, the first insulin injection. What was his name? Oh, they had it listed, but I didn't mm. think it was that important. <laughs> um, and Dr. Banting is from Canada. So when I was reading Dr. Banting's story, I can't, like I said, I can't recite the whole thing because I'm not good at telling stories like you are. But even like with um, going to college, he was doing gen arts first or something, and he failed. And then he like petitioned or applied for med school and got in. And that seemed to be a common theme in his life, that he would fail something and then he would like go another way or continue to progress anyway. So it just shows you that even though you have big ideas and you feel like you're failing and not moving forward, you could really still discover and do something big if you just continue at it. I would say about 90% of successful people tell that same story. Right. And very rarely are you just... There's not a lot of little pumps or little pimps, as President Trump mistakenly called him, that just make up a song, Gucci Gang, throw it out there. It did three billion on YouTube, and he becomes a sensation all on his own. Yeah. And he said he never even made music before. There's very few little pumps and a lot of doctors and other hardworking people that, that finally fail first. The fail. point is that yeah. they just keep going. They and don't they keep give going. Up. Yeah. yeah. I did think that was interesting because when I was reading his story, I honestly, every time he went on to another project, like he had like a practice in London, but it wasn't doing well. So he did something else. Like he constantly like was not doing well with something and changed his path or he worked harder and continued on it. And look at what he did. He created insulin. Mm -hmm. And after this, he went on to do other stuff too. He didn't just stick with diabetes and insulin. And apparently he was doing, um, cause he also taught at a university, and he was teaching on the pancreas, which is how he kind of got interested in the whole thing. Um, he was doing a lot of research on it because of his class he was teaching. Um, so because it's World Diabetes Day, I wanted to do a quick quiz um, for Corey, who should have a little knowledge behind diabetes, but we'll see how much he pays attention. Um, so this is to test your diabetes knowledge. It's a very simple quiz. Okay. It's true or false. Okay. Excessive thirst is a possible warning sign for diabetes. Uh, true. Correct. People with diabetes often lose their sense of smell. Um, true. False. I think that's just a COVID thing. <laughs> Hair loss can indicate whether or not you have diabetes. Um, false. False. Correct. Do you know what could be an indicator of hair loss? Like if you're having chemo, but not just uh, thyroid. Uh, frequent urination is a possible warning sign for diabetes. True. Correct. People with diabetes can experience numbness in their hands and feet. True. True. Being overweight increases your risk of getting type 1 diabetes. False. False. What would it increase your risk of? Type 2. Type 2 diabetes. Which I really didn't know except like... Hmm. 10 years ago, we started watching the show together. Maybe nine, because we haven't been. Yeah. <laughs> nine or eight years ago, we yeah. watched The Biggest Loser together a uh -huh. lot, and they were able to, uh, these p contestants would have type 2, but by the end, their type 2 would either. They would get off of their medicine. They, they would be like able that. to, yeah. yeah. Reverse it. Reverse it. Yep. 
So type 1 and type 2 are very different. Type 1 is the autoimmune disease where your body just attacks your islet cells and you stop producing insulin. Type 2 is usually more of an insulin resistance, and that's because of the weight, more, or less, more the fat on your body. Um, your body produces insulin, but it's not using it correctly because it's, it doesn't have Your fat is preventing it or silking it in, not allowing it to get around? Um, I don't know the exact, like work behind it but it's the fat is causing the resistance too many questions not enough answers mm. today. No. all right people with diabetes cannot eat sweet food false correct diabetes can be a life-threatening condition true correct you cannot catch diabetes from another person true correct people with diabetes should not exercise false correct <laughs> See, it was easy. 10 out of 10. Well, I got one wrong. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just yeah. saying that there were two wrong, I think. Easy quiz, right? Yeah. All right. Well, that's my little snippet about diabetes. <laughs> um, what else? Okay. So now we'll jump into um, Big Brother. Previous to everything happening, we were, you know. Yeah, we were going, going right along. With Big Brother. We obviously missed a lot of weeks, so we're just going to skip to the finale. We're just going to skip to the finale and discuss that. Um, so, I'm sure everybody has watched it by now, if anybody was following along. But Cody and Enzo ended up in the final two. And Do you want to talk about the final three, though, first? Yeah, go first? ahead. Um, so, in the very beginning of our podcast, we picked our favorites. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say congrats to Samantha because she had Cody and Nicole. Uh, Nicole in your in your list of favorites to win. And mine were Christmas, Tyler, and Cody. So I only had one, but you got you got two in. So I hats off because you went you I got further. Wouldn't even recall who I picked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you went Cody, um, Tyler Nicole. And Cody and, no, I um, thought you went Cody, Nicole, and Janelle. Oh, okay. I yeah. I'm remember. almost positive that's what you did. And when Janelle got bounced early, I was like, ooh, I have my three in still. But, yeah. But as we were talking, we both knew that, I mean, we didn't talk so much about Nicole. She kind of snuck in at the end. I guess we'll get to that. But we both knew the game that Tyler was running wasn't going to go far. Well, we didn't know that in the very beginning. We but as the, the season game. progressed, yeah, yeah, I mean, he sure. started to fall into the exact same yeah. traps that cost him yeah. the season prior. Yeah. Unfortunately. He's a good player, but he needs to... Well, he probably won't ever play again, but if he were to, there's lies he that he does again, to be honest. that are just... It's too difficult to get out of. The problem is that I think he goes in with a different mindset or he sounded like he was aware of that and wanted to go in with a different game plan. But I think in the end, that's just his personality. Mm-hmm. And you can't get around your true personality. Mm-hmm. So you have to be really, you know, um, you have to have like, I don't know, self-control or motivation or whatever to be able to to do that. So you got Janelle out early. That's just because she was a big target. So then I lose Tyler. I'm just going through our picks because that was fun to do in the beginning. And then the next one up was me again. But I am surprised. I guess I shouldn't say it because I picked her as a possible winner. I was going to say I was surprised she made it as far as she did. But Christmas got far. Yeah, she did. She, mainly because she is a 
really good competitor. Yeah. And she strikes fear in people, I think, in the oh, house. Oh, for sure. I don't think she was a good social player because of how... Abrasive. Harsh. Yeah, yeah. She was a little aggressive, and she's very, you know, tell it like it is kind of thing. And I think that she can offend people by acting that way, and she's not afraid. She doesn't care if she offends you. Um, so I think that's why she probably didn't last that long. Having said that, though, knowing a little bit about Christmas's background, she's she was work working or works in a male-dominated profession. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think sometimes a woman has to be, like, maybe not aggressive, but really stand up for themselves, really speak their mind, not be afraid. And I think that's why her personality, like, led her to be successful in that profession. Well, and I just think it carries over to, like you said, your everyday personality. Well, we could also look at it this way, too. It could... If you are a female in that field, you could say that you have to act that way. But I almost feel like she's the female that has to go to that field or is drawn to that field because she fits in more with the guys. If you looked at her social game, she was more with the guys. She's more of a guy's girl than a girl's girl. So it's almost like that career just fit her more because she acts more like the guys and she can be aggressive and brute and not get much slack because guess how guys are. If you're unaware what her career is, she worked with NASCAR on the NASCAR team so and she worked in the pit crew. So yeah. you are dealing with uh, obviously very physical and she's oh, yeah. just looking at her. Yeah. She's physically fit. And then two, I mean, it is male dominated. Uh, you very rarely get females. And when you did, unfortunately, we... Um, there was Danica Patrick, who was really good in the Indy cars and won races. But then when she got to NASCAR, they decided to market her. This is just the problem with male stuff in general. As just a beautiful girl, yeah. they didn't really market her talent. They didn't push that. They didn't give her the proper tools, I thought, to really be successful. They just wanted to market her looks. And she fizzled out because she wasn't winning because that – you aren't going to win if you don't get the best stuff. Yeah. So I thought that was unfortunate. But there's some new young girls coming up. Maybe they'll get a different path. Yeah. Well, back to what we were talking about. But um, I do think that maybe Christmas would fit into that field more. More because that's just, like you said, her personality versus her personality being because she does that job. You know what I mean? That's how I can kind of see it being. Um, so the final... Was she in the final? I wanted to say five, but I don't know who the fourth would be if it wasn't her. I feel like she was because I started honestly. I got sick around this time, and I started to really lose track of a lot. So Samantha was filling me in a lot of the time. Yeah, and I just have trouble memory as it is. Um, I think she was in the final four. So, anyways, the final three we know for sure were Enzo, Nicole, and Cody. Mm -hmm. And Nicole won the first comp um, because it's a three-part HOH. And then it was Enzo and Cody that were battling off for the second one. And then whoever wins that would play Nicole in the third one. Well, Enzo and Cody, Cody literally kicked Enzo's butt. That was the camera game, right? With the yeah, swinging? with the pigs. Yep. And Cody kicked Enzo's butt. And Enzo had this big, huge meltdown and beating himself up. But he did apologize afterwards. And I thought it was actually somewhat genuine. Yeah. Like, he apologized to Cody for, like, his bad behavior and being a sore loser and but he did say cody it's not i'm happy for you it has nothing to do with he that. was just really disappointed yeah it was yeah. he's just he like was, i'm the old guy i really wanted to like show up for the old yeah. older generation 
of like all stars, and it's just disappointing that I got beat out. Yeah, I don't think it was anything against. But the I others. think if he gives it time and he reflects the fact that he was an older contestant and he made it that far, yeah. like he should be proud. Right. Like he did a good job. Yeah. So. so then Cody and Nicole played off on the final HOH, and Nicole got into her own head and she messed up one of the first questions, putting her behind. And Cody ended up winning the final HOH. So then the final person gets to decide who they take to the final two. And Cody decided to take Enzo, therefore voting off Nicole. And Nicole was like blindsided and shocked. And she, I think she thought, really, really thought that Cody was going to take her. Um, so it was Cody and Enzo in the final two. And from a strategy standpoint, before you move on, don't you think that was a smart move? Don't you think um, Cody really would have struggled to beat Nicole? Or at least we wouldn't have had the vote outcome that we had? Yeah, maybe. Because um, do we really I think, think Cody, I'm, if, like we said, we're pretty sure you guys have seen it. Do we really believe that Cody gets a unanimous vote if Nicole and him are sitting in the seats? Probably not. I think the jury was a little torn. They were saying that whoever makes the big move if it's Cody or Nicole in the end, one of them winning the final HOH, if the other one votes the other person off, that's the biggest move they can make. And then that means they deserve the game because they're voting off the next biggest player. Um, if they didn't make that move, I don't know what the jury would have done. I think there was a lot of mixed um, feelings on who deserved to win at that point. Either way, we get... Um, so yes, I agree. I think Cody had more of a hands-down win, which she clearly did. Right. Um, Taking Enzo than if he took Nicole. He knew that. And yeah. I knew he wanted to, Cody's competitive. He wanted to be the winner yeah. this year. And, he wanted that right up. I mean, my, everyone wanted it right out the gate. But once it becomes more believable that you can do it, I think Cody knew that. And was, last time, Cody made it to the final two. And he won the final HOH. And he got to choose who to go to final two with. And he chose Derek, who was his ride or die, who was not necessarily the best choice to take because he didn't have a hands-down win against him. That's who he made his final two with. So that's who he took. So this time around, Cody reflected on that, and he knew that he had to make the best choice for him and his game and not his friend and his, you know. Mm -hmm. um, in that instance, Derek was the most dangerous, and Derek got the win, and if he took Nicole, she was the most dangerous. Yeah. I'm not saying Nicole would have won. I think it would have been hard for um, the juror to be the first jury to select a second winner. Yeah. I think the jury that has to make that decision would – for years to come, will really struggle with giving someone the win twice. Well, I think, honestly, what it would have come down to was their final speeches and their questions. I think that would have made a, a big difference. A lot of times, it, it, a lot of times you go into finale night kind of knowing who has the upper hand. Very rarely, I feel like, do the speeches actually change somebody's vote. But I feel like if those two were together at the end, going into it, those answers could have made a big difference factor on what the jury was did nicole do. get memphis out yes i believe so okay because i thought that like the jury was saying if nicole made the move to get memphis out and then um and I, I, to me that was the biggest move in all of the season i thought memphis was the biggest yeah. threat other than Cody and Nicole. Yeah. So the two of them, I couldn't remember who did it, but that would have been me. If I was a jury member, I would have went in there and said, okay, who got Memphis out to me? He's the biggest threat to them. Yeah. And whoever did, I would have voted for. 
That was the biggest Nicole move. Nicole could have explained away her laying low, not winning a lot of comps. She could have talked, you know, she could have explained all that in her um, final speech and stuff. And she could have explained um, being on the block so many times and surviving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. She yeah. had a good speech prepared, she, she said. She probably um, could have got, you know, a good run for it if she was in the final, too. With how many um, romances are coming out of BB, I would, I was thinking earlier, I would love to see, like, a couple's BB happen. Like, Jordan, I know they said they'll never do it again, but if they did it, Nicole and her guy, Brendan there, you have Victor. Brendan is not Nicole's guy. Brendan and Rachel. Oh, Rachel. Sorry, I misspoke on that. Oh, yeah. Okay, Brendan and Rachel, Nicole and Victor. Yeah. Um, We learned that Tyler and Angela are still together. together. Uh, Um, What was the one kid that worked at a pizza shop? You said he and that girl broke up, right? McCray. Yeah, McCray and his... And Amanda. Yeah. Did they break up? There's another couple. Oh, another couple. I think it's... Is it another one like Cody? The Cody that was... And Jessica or something. The Cody... Was like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Days. Cody and Jessica. They're still together. Yeah, they're engaged or married. Yeah. Or, yeah. I think they have a kid or something. Yeah, those two. I would love to see like a couple's BB. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. Because then you'd already be partnered off and then basically if there was... Then it'd be like who could partner with who. There's been a few seasons where the couple's created foursomes if um what's his name who just made it to the final a couple seasons ago i really liked him they called them his last name because there was two of them in the house um he and the girl ran the whole season (laughs) they ran the whole season yes and they're still together too yeah um mickey mickey yeah Yeah, his real name's not another one too yeah I can see. Wait, was that the same season as Cody and Jessica or no? I can no. see the four of them getting no. along together. No, but Mickey. There was another couple in that, though. I had told you before that I really wanted. I would actually love that season because I'd get my wish. Um, Mickey is the most focused and driven competitor I've ever seen in yeah. BB. Oh, for sure. But Victor is the best competitor. I've ever seen. That would be fun. So if you had those two, I don't know who I would, like every competition would be like, it's one of those two. Yeah. Because they're amazing. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> Tough to do though, to get all the couples together, especially because they have kids and stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Near impossible. You'd have probably. to have, all of them would have to have a setup plan for three months just I, to watch their yeah. family and stuff. Which probably wouldn't happen. But very, it would be an interesting series. It'd probably cost BB a lot too because you'd have to like, to get them to do it because of the money lost of them having to pull out other jobs, you'd have to have, you'd have to have, pay them a, a substantially. They don't pay them. I don't think they get money until the very end when they are in the final two and the, fi- the final. They said they get paid per episode. Um, I don't. It's know like about a small that. check, but it's still money. I don't know. I don't know about that. I was just listening to Nicole and Victor's podcast, and she was talking a little bit about stuff and how. Her um, sequester house beforehand was this, the nicest house she's ever stayed in. She said she was spoiled rotten, had a pool, had everything that she would want. And they have this, um, what do they call them? Some like a uh, sequester like manager or something. Somebody watching them basically all the time. And they wouldn't let them, they were supposed to watch them on their phone calls and they weren't allowed to call certain people. And apparently Enzo would <laughs> text his kids and say, um, when the screen goes off and you can't see me, don't say anything. I'm doing some research. And he would, like, look up stuff while he wasn't supposed to be on the internet. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they're, like, watched um, at – they're sequestered by themselves and they're watched by somebody doing that. So, and she was saying that you can only pack one suitcase with you and they don't give you, like, all this stuff. And, well, uh, you see, they always walk out with one suitcase. I know. And yeah. that's all they got. Um, 
So anyways, to the final finale, we didn't really discuss. Were you happy so, that Cody won? Oh, what for are sure. Your thoughts? Cody definitely um, deserved it. I think that it was a good win. Um, I think everybody knew just looking at the two of them that Cody was going to win. Enzo's speeches were just ridiculous. He just kind of rambles on and on and on. Nothing that he said, I don't feel like, supported or swayed anybody's decision, obviously, to vote for him because nobody did. Um, I think one of the reasons Cody did it was he knew it would be better for him, and then he knew that Enzo, he wanted Enzo to get a little bit of money, I think, because Enzo does get money, and Nicole mm-hmm. already gotten money. So I think that was part of his um, decision as well. Who won? I know you said your memory is vague. Who won a favorite house guest? Um, that was uh, Davon. Davon. Mm-hmm. Mama Day, who we liked, yeah. or at least I know I did yep. this season. She was shocked. I think she was completely blown away that she won that. It was um, between her and Tyler, I think. Which doesn't surprise me. Tyler and Nicole would have... Did Tyler win for his other season? I feel like yes, he won his he other did. season. Yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if he won yeah. again. But he did make some moves that were... I know. Eh, I know. This year. But Davon won. Yeah. Um, she, so that was good. Because she deserves that too. She's, you know... She's she been through this came in just being who she is and standing tr- and staying true to it. And yeah. she left that way. Yeah. And I she think people respected her yeah. the whole season. For sure. She definitely played differently than her past season. 100%. And it was a very more like mature playing versus just being in there and letting her emotions write everything. She was very thoughtful. We all we know that she's always catching on and very intelligent, yeah. but she's not always thoughtful and intentional with her moves. She just acts on emotion. She's a very emotional person. And this season you saw her hold back that emotion. Yeah. You got to see a lot of like her potential to win Big Brother. I thought this season yeah. because like we said, I think she just less, partnered with the wrong her, people. Her season before and this season, one thing that stands out, two things. She's extremely perceptive and I think she's extremely intelligent person yeah, as well. And they stick out. That sticks out. And then, but it's the rest of it that holds her back. I think partly this year, I think she had a good game going. She was doing great with comps. She just didn't partner with the right people. You she didn't win to. any comps though. Um, she didn't win anything. No, she was competitive, but she didn't win anything. Um, she did. She she was. She wasn't like losing like completely. She was doing yeah. decent. No, yeah, comps. that's what I mean. So she was competitive. I mean, like if but she stayed she in, win. she could have had a good, you know. She just got paired, like you said, on the wrong side of the house yeah. early. Yeah. When that happens, you're in trouble mm-hmm. unless you are a unless Victor or a Vicky who can fight or Frank who did yeah. for a long time in his. First if you season. have a way to switch the power, and they just never had the way to switch the yeah. power. So she was paired up with so, the wrong people. This is my last question on the whole thing. And then you can wrap it up if you want. Cody, runner up and now a winner. Is Cody a top five big brother player? Oh, 100%. All time? 100%. The fact that the only two people that have ever had a unanimous vote are Cody and Dan. And we know Dan is one of the top BB players. I think Cody for sure deserves to be Dan in your top five. Oh, yeah. Cody in your top five. Yes. Derek. Derek is. Yeah. Okay, there's your three. Do you have two that you can think of offhand? Like, me personally, I love Paul, runner-up twice. Mm -hmm. Would you throw him in there, or do you have to think about it? I'd have to think about it because I know that there's older players that I can't recall. Like, I know they talked about... I would actually say, or Dr. I would Oz. say no. I would actually say Nicole would be up in the top five as well. Nicole. Nicole, being a previous winner, making it to the final three is huge, and the fact that she's the only female to ever be a male in this game up against a male 
um, is huge as well. I think she deserves to be up in there for that. Mm-hmm. Because it's tough. I mean, look at how many seasons they've had. This is, what, 22 or something? And only one female has sat up against a male and beat him. Did Mickey won his season, too, mm-hmm. right? I think, but it was him and his girlfriend, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I think you strongly have to consider Mickey with how dominant he was that year. Remember, that season was so boring. Yeah. Because Mickey ran the show. Maybe. But I think a lot of those people that were considering have come back for a season, two, And we saw how they Correct. played twice. Twice. So I think for him to be considered in that category with him, we'd have to see him come back and see him play a second time. Yeah. I mean, if he came back a second time and obviously dominated the same way, yeah. we're going to throw because him Because then you have to wonder, like, was he lucky? Did he just get paired up with the right people? Was his game really that good? You know? And when you see somebody come back and do it twice, like Paul, who got to the final twice, um, you know that his game is just that good. Right. It's just not good enough to get him a win. Right. I still have um, – I'll do my quick top five since I asked you uh, – it's hard because we said we haven't seen these people play twice, but right now for what Derek did, he's my number one yeah. greatest player ever. And then I have, un- not unfortunately, just maybe it's I'm living. I hate Ian when people should be up there too, though. Ian I, was really good. I hate when people say they're living in the moment, and I could be, but I have Cody number two, which is just ironic because they played yeah. together. And then um, Dan, and then I agree with you. I was gonna throw Nicole in my top five, yeah, oh, and I think she's I down. think she's the greatest female player ever, uh-huh. and I have her fourth. Yep. And then I have Paul fifth, yeah, two runner ups. It's I, just I hard can't to beat. fully recall Ian's season, but I think Ian deserves to be up there too. I feel weird throwing he... Paul in there because he doesn't have a win, but being the thing is, if you watch those seasons, Paul deserved to win both those years. Yeah, he was the best player each time I saw him, but he pissed so many people off, which is part of the game. Yeah. I know it's your strategy to make amends as you go through. But he should he should be a two-time winner, and he's yeah. a two-time runner-up because people were annoyed or yeah. mad. Yeah. That's why I put him up there. Because of his personality. Yes, because mm-hmm. really we know that Paul is really a champion that didn't get it. Yeah. And it, particularly his second season, it seemed like the first season, I remember people were like, okay, he didn't win. But the second season, it seemed obvious to a lot of people that Paul was the winner, and all of a sudden... Josh won. No, I thought Nicole was the one who beat Paul. Didn't Nicole beat Paul? Who did Josh beat? I don't remember who Josh beat. I thought Josh got the model. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I thought that the one guy that Nicole went up against was Paul. That's what I thought. Mm. But okay. I could be so wrong. she lost. Well, she didn't get it. Get there against Derek. So she lost in Derek's season and then beat Paul? I think so. And now third? Yeah. I can't remember. She placed high in Derek's season, too. Derek pulled the trigger on that. He eventually got her out, and I thought that was a huge move. Mm-hmm. He knew that, though. Because I remember earlier in the season, he said, Nicole is going to be the one that will, like behind closed doors, mm-hmm. that will ruin my strategy, Yeah. and I got to get her. And he and somehow funny. won an HOH, which he rarely won, because he yeah. was not a comp beast. He got it, and he pulled the trigger. And the funny thing is, Nicole, Derek, Cody, Paul... <laughs> And all. Victor are all good friends. And that's all one season, right? That's one of the best yeah. seasons yeah. ever. Yeah. Really. So that puts, that actually kind of, now that you're running it back, makes me a little more okay with saying Derek's number one because we like, listen to the people that we uh, named that he beat. <laughs> a lot of them are To there. get there. Yeah. Yeah. So. But you'd also, I mean, to be fair, you haven't seen some of the older ones like Dr. Will or whatever. Yeah. You haven't really seen a lot of Dan stuff either. No, but... and I know a lot of people thought. 
Um, and now I have to agree because I was such a huge Frank fan. Yeah. But everyone was like, eh, Boogie's kind of holding his whole game together. Oh, yeah. And Boogie's a legend. And I was like, I don't even know who Mike Boogie is. But yeah. he won a season. I didn't know much about him. Yeah. And then when I saw Frank without Boogie, I was like, oh, yep. Uh, he did. He did terrible. Yeah. <laughs> he how. held he held Frank together. He yeah. somehow kept Frank's personality down mm -hmm. and took and was able to like keep him under. I think wraps. it's because Boogie has such a big personality, but he yeah. has such a big likable personality yeah. that Frank just kind of rode his coattails because Boogie pulled out that fun side of Frank. Yeah. Where without Boogie there, Frank had this other side that nobody even knew about. At least they didn't show us anyway. He had a strong arrogance because yeah. of like all because of his comp beats. And then the worst thing I think that happened to him is winning the first comp. Like coming out and winning the first, like I just think his head went Oh yeah. It just ballooned because yeah. he was like, Yep, I'm still the man. Yeah. And it just went downhill. Yeah. All right. Um so that was BB. Um, I think they still plan to do another season next year, so we'll return when that happens. Hopefully we get either, I'm hoping this season we get brand new people. Yeah, I, I think I want to see some brand new people. Yeah, um, they're not going to do an All-Stars again. I think All-Stars over three or four years is good. Oh, I think it's even longer than that. Is it, is it? Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so the next thing, we haven't watched any new movies lately, but we were going to discuss some TV series. Um... So, The Haunting of Hill House is on Netflix, and that came out two years ago in 2018, and then they just released um, The Haunting of Bly Manor, and um, we did things a little backwards, and we started with Bly Manor first, and we completed that season, and we are currently working on The Haunting of Hill House, and we have a couple episodes left of that season. So, we're going to discuss those instead of doing a movie. Mm-hmm. Um... So I'm, we're going to start with The Haunting of Bly Manor because that's one that we can fully That we completed. Talk, yeah, yeah, that we can uh, fully talk about. Um, so The Haunting of Bly Manor. Are there going to be any spoilers in this? In Bly Manor? Yeah, like when you're doing the review. Just I want to give people a heads up if they're planning on watching On episode, it. episode breakdown, there will be. Okay, so just keep in mind there may be some spoilers if you haven't watched the season yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to review the whole season. So okay. if you don't want to know what happens and whatnot or you're only a partial way through i will say okay this is what happened in episode one once you are if you aren't caught up i would stop listening yeah and then come back and listen yeah. and finish okay all right so it was directed and created and written by mike flanagan he did both of them okay i was just gonna ask you that. he originally okay. did the haunting of hill house and then it was so successful on netflix he wrote another amazingly in two years i'm Thinking that he didn't really write it in two years. He, he had a couple had stories on the back yeah. burner. Yeah. Well, by the time they released Hill House, you probably already had this in the That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go through the actors because there's a lot of them that I think that I really enjoyed. Uh, Victoria Pedretti plays Danny. Um, she's most famous for, I would say, You, where she plays Love. So she's becoming a Netflix mm -hmm. staple. And yeah. I know you and I have talked about her and have really enjoyed her work especially in these two series so she was in the most recent you season not the first right. one but the second one mm -hmm. um and she played a crazy lady in that one and she's still a little she's continuing to play darker characters <laughs> yeah. um the haunting of blind manor though her character is um kind of a traumatized young yeah. lady I, I guess i'll go further in and i yeah. won't describe her whole character right now then we have oliver jackson cohen who plays peter 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's most famous for The Invisible Man, where he plays oh, right. the, the, the the psycho boyfriend. Husband. And the Invisible Man himself. Yeah. Um, in this, Peter is... Because we need to describe the characters a little bit. I would say Peter is like a con man. He works for Henry. Uh, Henry is the rich the uncle. uncle. Um, he is stealing money and uh, plans a getaway with his love, Miss Jessel, who is played by Tahira Sharif. Uh, Tahira is also becoming a Netflix actress as she has starred in A Christmas Prince, which was one of those holiday movies that we liked. Remember the reporter goes to try to get an interview with the prince. She meets him. She falls in love with the prince. They actually did a sequel, the, A Prince's Wedding. Oh, I think I do remember so that. So she's, yeah. she's a friend in both. So she's getting she's getting her feet wet in acting. She's not much well-known beyond that. Okay. Okay. We have Amelia Eve, who plays Jamie, brand-new actress. She is the gardener. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, and also, she was good. Also, Danny's love interest. Yeah, for brand new. Uh, I mean, it was a good debut. Yeah. Tania Miller is Hannah Gross. Um, while she doesn't have a lot of well known stuff, she has done 21 TV series. Wow. So she, and since 07. Her debut was in 2007, so she's been extremely active. Yeah. Um, this is her biggest hit to date, though, so I do think we'll see more of her because I thought she did a really She did a great job. So far, I don't. Really, all the acting in this. That's what I was going to say. All the acting is really good. I'm not going to go through anybody and say, not they didn't do a good job. Mm-hmm. Because next would be Kahul Kohli, who plays Owen, who was the chef. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, he is in. He is famous. Uh, Supergirl is a big running TV series. He's in every episode. He's a main character in that. So okay. you will know him. Another famous person, but by voice, her acting debut, <laughs> oh, really? Amelie Bay-Smith plays Flora. She is the voice of Peppa Pig. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, Henry, That's the little girl. Yes. Oh. Henry Thomas uh, plays Henry Wingrave, the rich uncle. He is most... They can have a little child playing Peppa Pig. Like, that's insane. Yeah. How can a little child... Usually it's adults with little kid voices. Peppa's been around for a little while, so think how of how young she started. How doing all these readings? I don't know. That's crazy. Um, Henry Thomas plays Henry Wingrave, the rich uncle. You most... Notably, we'll know him as Elliot from E.T. <laughs> he is all grown up now. Uh, Carla Giugino is the storyteller. They don't want to credit her with the title of Jamie. I wrote that in there because we know who it is. Oh, they didn't want to Sorry if that's a spoiler. Yeah. Um, Carla is most known for also a Netflix movie that did really well for Netflix called Gerald's Game. It was based on a Stephen King book. This couple is about to get intimate. She is tied down to the bed, and the husband has a heart attack and dies, and she's trapped in the bed trying to escape. <laughs> I, I don't know how you make an hour and 20-minute movie out of that. I guess I'll have to watch I it sometime. I think we saw the preview for that one time yeah. in the trailer. Oh, that's her biggest movie to date. Um, Benjamin Ainsworth, I'll quick get into. That's Miles, brand-new actor. He did a good job for Miles. his debut. The little, little boy. boy. Okay. And then Kate Siegel, who we both are enjoying in The Haunting of Hill House, played Viola. She has one episode where you actually see her true face. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure the rest is all CGI. So I'm pretty sure she's only in one episode. Um, She has only one other thing to her name. She's only been in Haunting of Hill House, 
Haunting of Bly Manor, and Hush. Oh, wait, is she the actress in Hush? Yes. Is this guy from that at all? I don't know. I didn't check that out in my planning. Huh. I liked Hush, too. But the fact that she's only done three things, and we've enjoyed all of them, and she obviously has a darker side, because she's only doing, like, like, horror thrillers. So, anyways, the plot of The Haunting of Bly Manor is the rich uncle, Henry, who we said, hires an American nanny, because this takes place in England, Mm -hmm. uh, Danny, who's played by Victoria Pedretti, to watch over his niece and nephew, because their parents died in a tragic event. Um, and they reside in a haunted mansion, uh, where they are tortured, not tortured, where are they haunted, I guess, is the only way to put it. Um, the only thing that's interesting is not only is the mansion haunted, but Danny has a troubled past where she's haunted as well, making an interesting Mm -hmm. dynamic. So before I get into episode by episode, did you enjoy Bly Manor? What were your thoughts? Um, yes. So, I definitely enjoyed um, Blind Manor. I thought it had a great um, character development. I thought the acting was all really well done. I would say that there's kind of a big switch from the beginning to the end. Um, It definitely takes a different turn once it reveals all of the haunting, basically. You know, like once you get the story out after Viola's episode, kind of, it starts to turn to this different storyline. and I thought that was okay. I feel like it was a little kind of rushed and tied together tight at the end, but I enjoyed the beginning and like the creepiness and the haunting beginning, not knowing what was going on. So a lot of people complain about this um, was that it wasn't scary like the first one. Mm-hmm. And I will say that Samantha and I, it's not like scary, scary, but I will say I thought there was more creepiness mm-hmm. in Bly Manor than the Hell House. There's... They don't try to make you jump. They want you to be, like, freaked out and have, yeah. like, goosebumps on your arms. Like, oh, yeah. my God, that's that would be creepy. Yeah. And yeah. I enjoy that more than just let's let's do the old bait and switch where they have you thinking one thing's happening and then, bang, a ghost or something pops out of nowhere and tries yeah. to scare you. Definitely we're noticing you to the jump. difference watching Hill yeah. House backwards, you know. The other thing I would say is... You guys have been listening and to our movie reviews. I'm big on writing and storylines and development. Blind Manor is considerably better, so I'm actually liking the direction Mike Flanagan's going in. If he can write like this, it's super good. His improvement. He's definitely improved from the first one. Um, His characters, everything is just a step up, and that's not to say Hill House is bad at all. It's actually to say how good Blind Manor is if you're into writing and all that. Um. You mentioned acting. It's all good. There's not a bad And it could be a lot of people that we've uh, heard have watched Haunting on Hill House first and then Blind Manor second, and we did vice versa. So it could just be that they liked the style better, and it's just kind of had a little bit different. Like like I said, the Hill House, there's a lot of jumping out, ghost haunting, and this one's very like calm in the background creepiness. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a big difference. And if you're not paying attention, you might miss some of it. A lot honest. of it. There's a lot of um, reviewers who I hold in high regard uh, that have been doing this professionally for a long time that said they've had to watch the season like two or three times to catch little like creepy things in the background because a fan might write them in and say, hey, did you catch this? Yeah. And they'll say no. So they'll rewatch it. And um, so a few of those reviewers are saying if you have the time 
watch it again because you will pick up on mm-hmm. little things again that'll be like, oh, wow, I missed that. Yeah, even my coworker at work was watching at the same time we were, and she mentioned something, and I was like, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> She's like, yeah, they were in the background. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just, yeah. So that's a little cool thing that he's doing that he added in the Blind Manor series. Yeah. I thought that was neat. Yeah. So um, episode one is called The Great Good Place, and it's really just, I don't have to talk too in-depth about it. It's Henry, we learn, is kind of like this drunk, rich guy and doesn't, at this point, just seems like a lousy uncle and wants nothing to do with his family. We don't know much about him at this point at all. Uh, He interviews Danny, and it goes bad, I would say. Like, I think they both know it's probably not going to work out. Right. But then later that evening they meet at a bar um and Danny and him kind of talk about it and she has she's hired on not too long after that um in this episode so you have the hiring on and then Danny meets the children and the staff and that's that's the episode it's I mean it's an hour just a very introductory but it's very introductory so I don't want to stay on that episode too long number two is called the pupil the kid, this is an important part. Mm. This is her first yeah. glimpse of something is wrong with the children. Um, she's going in their closet, I think late at night, they're going to bed, and Miles shuts and locks the door on her. Yeah. And we also learn that there's something a little this wrong with... This is the time with... where my coworker noticed something that we didn't notice. Okay. That there's a ghost or something in there? Yeah. So when you're learning about kind of the children, and Miles seems to have this... Um, did they do the flashbacks to the school on this one, I'm assuming, with the pupils? Um, Miles seems to have, like, a... He seems more like the evil child, I guess you would say. He seems like he does stuff to be mean. and. But all the staff, when she when Danny talks to them, talks about, like, what a, like, sweet-hearted, nice boy is. So, like, they know that something's off. Yeah. Like, Danny knows something's off because she's struggling to real to figure out how are they all saying this when she's seeing this completely different yeah. side. So they ask her to go in the closet to get something, and it seems like the kids are kind of trying being mischievous a little bit. They're trying to start trouble. She goes in there, they shut the door, and they lock her in the closet. And Danny has his meltdown. She's freaking out. I would freak out too. Um, but apparently, my coworker said, which I don't think we recalled seeing, there was a the ghost in the background of that episode. So later on, we kind of picked up that he, they did stuff like this in order to help her. So she wouldn't be in line with the ghost and get in trouble. So she just said, we learned that miles has a little bit of an evilness to him. We also learn, which I didn't put in here that, um, Flora has this dollhouse Mm -hmm. with figures and she's, she's, teaching Danny all about the different figures yeah. and there's this blank face doll that's underneath uh-huh. and it's kind of a creepy little doll oh, yeah. but she just says uh, Flora just describes it as the blank the blank faced lady so anyways that's your introductory to there could be real ghosts in the house because yeah. Flora seems to be making things that she sees yeah so the dolls represent a lot of people in the house like Flora the Peter gardener and yeah. Miss Jessel have yep. their own. Yeah, and people that have been in the house past. Um, and then eventually there's one that represents Danny as well. And mm-hmm. then there's all the, also these other figures that are like in the house that look creepy and weird. And you don't know what they are, but they're really the ghosts that Flora's mm-hmm. seeing. Correct. 
So and where they are in the dollhouse is technically where they are in the real house. So episode two, you're introduced that Flora sees ghosts. Miles is a little creepy. Yeah. Danny, is, you are starting to see Danny's glimpses of she sees a ghost, but we don't yeah. understand why yet. Okay. Episode three, super important episode. It's called The Two Faces Part One. It's the total backstory of Peter and Miss Jessel, Rebecca Jessel. How they fell in love on the manor. Their tumultuous love story. Because yeah. Rebecca really seems to be like a sweet girl and kind of wants to just work. They show her as someone who wants to work hard and make her way up the right, right way. Right. Peter says, screw that. Like Rich people are never going to like give you a break. Let's steal from them. I'll take all this money. Uh, we'll get rich that way and we'll run off together. That's kind of the whole story. Yeah. But the blank, this is a, one of our first spoilers. Mm -hmm. The blank face lady gets a hold of Peter. Takes him to the lake. Takes him to the lake and drowns, drowns him. him. And then he becomes a ghost on the property. He becomes a ghost on the property. Miss Jessel later becomes a ghost on the property as she is, um, she walks into the lake and drowns herself. Uh, do I can't remember why she did that. Do you recall that? Um, I think because Peter and her were trying to leave. Oh, no, Peter did it to her. Oh, Peter, that's correct. Peter went into her Once body Once he's a ghost, that's right. Okay, he this entered, is how they become yeah. ghosts. This is the whole story of how they become ghosts. Peter now has entered her body because he's a ghost and takes her. She was sleeping. He enters her body. She sleepwalks and drown. He walks her right into the lake and drowns her. Yeah. So they can be together forever. Yeah. He thinks it's romantic. Obviously, he just took her life. She's not happy about it at all. And it kind of <laughs> ends there. So we know that now they're both ghosts and they aren't really getting along. Although Rebecca is scared of Peter and trying to go along with his story, with what he wants to do. But we'll get to that. The episode four is called "The Way It Came." This is totally, the, all the staff members are sitting at a bonfire, yeah. it's late at night, and they're sharing different stories, but the main focus is the past of Danny and her marriage, oh, and right. what goes wrong, and she basically is married to her, or is about to marry her childhood sweetheart. They've been best friends their yeah, whole life. Yeah, it seems like it's her best friend. It's her best friend, and he is madly in love with her. Yeah. She is in love with him in a friend kind of way, but yeah. doesn't seem to like be able to tell him no. So she starts to go along with it. She realizes when the wedding gets really close that she can't because she has a secret. secret is she doesn't like men. Mm -hmm. She prefers women. Um, obviously, her, her, her fiancé is upset, he gets out of the car as she tells him because they're driving and right when he gets out of the car he is hit by a tractor trailer yeah, and, and dead. dead. That haunts her obviously because she blames herself for killing him. Yeah. Um, so that episode she kind of squashes that demon. She burns the glasses, right? What's that episode yeah. the next? And then we don't really see it much but after that. What, we learn that because during this episode her and the gardener Jamie mm -hmm. are starting to form more of a more than just a friendship. Yeah. Uh, they're interested in each other romantically. Yeah. Okay. Episode five is called The Altar of the Dead. Hannah, who's Miss Gross, who is like the cleaner of the house, 
um, starts to reveal to us her memories. This is the one episode I didn't really enjoy because it's super confusing. It's difficult to follow, I will say. It's like she walks into a door and then it's a new time, a new space every time. So every time she walks into something, it like changes what year it is, what time it is, where she's at, what's going on. So it's very confusing. Yeah, so we've had character development now of Danny, character development of Peter and Miss Jessel. Um, and now we're getting the character development of Hannah Gross. Um, and we noticed something we both had said, like, why yeah. isn't she eating at the dinner table? Why is she not drinking? Yeah. And that is when both of us did say, maybe she's dead. Yeah. So you do kind of pick up that that's an op- y- yeah. option. And then uh, we find out what really happened. Yeah, we find out, like, Hannah starts to reveal to us all our memories. And one of the final memories we see is Miles pushes her down a well. Yeah. And she dies. Yep. Um, one thing that she sees in all our memories is a crack. Mm-hmm. She's constantly seeing these cracks in oh, the yeah, walls, yeah. the same exact crack. Yep. And we were... You even saw that in the previous episode. Yeah, and, and Samantha and I were both why. like, why is yeah. that? That is so strange. It ends up being, it's when she dies, there's a crack in the well, at the bottom of the well. Yeah, that, that's the last thing that she that actually saw in the Yes, life. yes. Um, so that is strictly a character development episode. But because she's a ghost and can travel through her memories, it is very hard to follow. That was yeah. the only episode I thought that... It's not well, that it wasn't well written. It was just really it hard It kind to of exposes... Because actually, all of the ghosts can do that. Because they show the other ghosts doing that in future episodes. So it kind of just exposes to us what they're capable of doing and how they live in this other world or dimension mm-hmm. um, and what actually happens. But it is a very confusing episode. So next is six. It's called The Jolly Corner. Um... This is a Henry Wingrave developmental episode. We learn that the uncle had an affair with his brother's wife. Um, he's really struggling with that. They were going to go be together. His wife actually tells. Who are the kid's parents, like the, his, the kid's mom. Mm-hmm, the kid's mom. Uh, his wife actually tells her husband that, yes, she was sleeping with his brother. So there's some um, friction there as they go on this vacation together. Um, the other story is, so time before that, uh, her and her husband have Miles. There's no doubt that Miles is their kid. The husband starts to put together that he was on, he's always on business, that he was gone around the time frame that his wife was impregnated. And he starts to come to grips that Flora... Is not his. Flora was delivered earlier than they expected based on the time frame she gave him. Yeah. And so eventually he does realize that she wasn't actually early. She was on time. She lied about the pregnancy. Yes. And Flora is, in fact, Henry Wingrave's um, daughter. Daughter. Yeah. And also explains why Henry gives these really extravagant gifts to Flora throughout her birthdays. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, it is a very interesting episode, actually. I really enjoyed that one. Because you do learn, why is Henry a drunk? Why does he seem so cold? Why is he still so attached to these kids, but yeah. so distanced at the same time? Yeah, yep. all that, com- yep. all that comes together, which yeah. is great. Uh, that's a really important episode. Followed by probably the most important episode, episode seven, The Two Faces Part Two. We learn why Flora, and particularly why Miles, acts strange. Yeah. It's the part where we talked about how Peter found out he could take over a body when he goes into Rebecca and leads her into the pond yeah. and drowns her. He comes up with this plan to be with her forever in actual bodies instead of his ghost 
by taking over the children. Yep. Um, they do that. But so a lot of the times when Miles is acting evil, um, it's really Peter's in Peter mm-hmm. acting through Miles. Because he needs Miles to get kicked out of school so he can bring him to the house. So yeah. he gets into Miles, forces Miles to do some really bad stuff, um, gets him there. He doesn't want the nanny Danny there. For They never really fully explain what their problem is with Danny. But anyways, Peter sees her as a thing that could mess up his whole yeah. big plan. I think that's what it does. So... Uh, He's the one who's taking Miles over to do mean things to Danny. Um, probably originally, to, I, I perceived it as to scare her away, get her out of the house, because he has this grand idea to yeah. run away with uh, with Rebecca and Flora's body. Um, this is also where Rebecca saves the... We think in this episode that Miles and Flora were taken over by both Rebecca and Peter. They were not. This is the, sorry, I'm breaking something up. Rebecca pretends to take Flora over and never really did. Uh, yeah. So Flora was able to escape. She lets Danny go. At this point, Danny's mm-hmm. tied up. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is Peter's whole plan just collapsing, and they end this part of the storyline, this episode, this Rebecca-Peter storyline. It all comes to a halt. Did you enjoy that storyline? The Rebecca Peter thing, did how did you feel about the whole thing? Um, I think that the, them revealing that shows us, you know, why Miles it explains the kids. That's, I mean, yeah. you had an inkling that that was happening because of some of the stuff that Miles was saying and doing. You could tell his attitude would change sometimes, I, and it would reflect more like a Peter personality, and then it'd be just Miles. So it's nice to know that the kids weren't actually evil. They were actually trying to help people and yeah. try to get out themselves. It led us into why the staff members originally were saying, well, Miles is like a really sweet yeah. boy. Because yeah. after Peter exits his body and we see him in the next couple episodes, he is that. Yeah. He's just a normal boy, a nice boy. Um, the only, the one I started to pick up on it, when he was doing evil things, I just thought a ghost had him. I didn't think Peter had him until he started hitting on Danny. And he did it in like a mature, like what he was saying was so mature and not a little boy. And Peter was like this lady, you could tell it was like this ladies, like con man kind of guy. Yeah. And it totally was like Peter's verbiage. So I was yeah. like, he's taking over Miles. That's right. when I told you, it's Peter. Yeah. So anyways, that storyline dies. Um, we do learn Hannah actually comes to grips in this episode with her own death. Because at first she doesn't really believe what her memories are telling her. Yeah. At this episode, she actually looks in the well and can see oh, her sees, sees yeah. her dead body. So that storyline wraps up, and it leaves off with the blank-faced lady grabbing a hold of, of Danny. Danny, and the, that episode ends right there. Yeah. So, because it ends like that, Samantha and I are like, okay, who the heck is the blank-faced lady? Yeah. This is so weird. Enter episode eight, the romance of certain old clothes. We learn the whole history of Viola, her sister. Um, they lived in the house originally. Yeah, we can go in depth about There's this. A whole, There's yeah. a whole storyline. There are these sisters. They're super tight. They live in this house together. The younger sister, who I didn't write down her name, kind of falls for this guy, like in love with yeah. this guy. But he 
because of like old times, you have to take the eldest, the one who owns all the property yeah. when you in marriage. So he marries Viola. They, over time, actually really do fall in love with each other and care about each other. But Viola also knows that her sister loved him. Also knows that her yeah. sister is still in love with him, yes. Viola, we'll just skip ahead. Viola gets sick, mm -hmm. has, the, has the plague. Um, TB something. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was TB, actually. It's the plague. I think yeah. it's the plague. Yeah. Um, but she, because she knows her sister is trying to take her spot in life and wants her husband, they allude to that, that that's the reason that she's holding on and living so long with the plague. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they predicted she'd, like, die in weeks. She just looks like death, but she's Looks like death, but around. lives years yeah. because her daughter even grows yeah. old to a certain age. And her dying wish is that all her clothes and fancy jewels that she's accumulated over the time be kept in the in this treasure, never opened, and saved for her daughter when her daughter gets old enough yeah. to have them all responsibly. Yeah. So that's why it's called the romance of the old clothes. Anyways, Viola does eventually die. Because, oh, wait, why though? Right. Because her si Viola is just mean to her sister, one, because she's sick, but two, because she's starting to see her sister try to sneak into yeah. her life. She slaps her this certain night, and her sister has had enough. And because Viola's weak, her sister smothers her out with a pillow and suffocates her, and Viola mm -hmm. dies. Her sister does take over her life at that point, marries her husband, marries Viola's husband. Um, Raises her daughter. Her husband comes across tough times. They start to go broke. So the sister says... We need to sell all that jewelry and clothes because they're worth a ton of money and yeah. they're just sitting upstairs. The husband says, no, I made a promise. No, I made a promise. Sister goes up there to do it on her own, opens the chest, and that was the first we get to see of the ghost, the blank That's face lady. basically when yeah. Viola's ghost was released, released. from this room released. that she was like locked yeah. in. And then she starts haunting the house from there. And then out, she haunts the house from there out, taking any souls that enter the house because she... Anybody that crossed her path. Right. She walks a certain path. Looking for her daughter. The whole oh, thing is, is she looks for her daughter. Anybody that looks reminds her of her daughter because she No, killed... but she used to take this path out to the lake. And what was the reasoning? That was like the path that she took that night or something. Maybe she was... All the nights her. where she was up awake, she would take the path while she oh. was sick. Because um, she couldn't sleep. So she is looking for her daughter. Unfortunately, if you're in her path, you are taken. There's yeah. a little boy that at first she thinks is a girl that's in her daughter's yeah. bed, but she's just a blank-faced, basically demon kind of thing. Snatches that boy's life. So she anything that's in... She takes him to the lake um, mm -hmm. and then drowns him. Not on purpose. I think she takes him to be with her, basically. Because she thinks it's her daughter. Yeah. yeah. Anything that reminds her of her daughter. So, um, yeah, you learn that history of Viola. So anyways... Now we understand Danny was in her path because she was on her way to the pond that yeah. night. And she just snatches her by the mm -hmm. neck. Episode 9, which is the final episode. Um, everything is kind of wrapped up here. We learn that, um, well, let's just get right to the blank-faced lady. Danny allows the blank-faced lady to take a hold of her body so she can... Um, and that ghost, like, haunting that the yeah. blind manor so the kids will be able to live forever without ghosts, without trauma. Um, but it, pay, it it costs a price. Uh, 
they don't talk too much about it, but Danny knows that eventually she won't be able to hold down that, that ghost in her. It will take her over. Um, her and Jamie, they kind of fast forward, form a, yeah. form a relationship. They're about to get married. Things are going great with them. Uh, it's been years, and the ghost hasn't been able to take over Danny's body, but she can feel it getting stronger and stronger. One cool thing that Samantha and I noticed that I saw in like a did you notice this kind of reveal? Once the ghost takes over Danny's eyes, they change. Danny uh, yeah. has one blue eye, which is Victoria's actual eye color, and one brown eye, which is the representative of the ghost yeah. has her. She's 50-50 at this point. Um, eventually it becomes too strong. And Danny takes her own She's life. She's seeing it in a lot of the reflections when she looks yes. in the mirror. She can just tell that um, this Viola ghost is coming. Yeah. And, and she doesn't want to do any harm to anybody else. Danny goes off to, into the lake, right? Drowns yeah. herself in the lake. Ending that whole storyline. Um, the kids, it was said, because they were so young or just because of maybe that all that ghost stuff was ended, have no recollection of anything that ever happened in the house. Um, so to kind of start back, in the beginning of the story, there's a, it's like current day. There's a, a wedding going on, a young couple, and this old lady comes down to tell a ghost story. Actually, it's not my ghost story; it's my friend's ghost story. But I'll tell you a ghost story, and then she goes into this whole story with this. Everything TV we're show. telling you yeah. is the story. So then it goes back to the end, and we're like, "Oh my gosh!" Because she had like a ring on that Jamie used to wear. So that's why they said, "Oh my gosh!" The lady telling the story is Jamie. Jamie, and then we're trying to figure out who the other people are, and I was like. Is the girl that's getting married Flora? And then you eventually it shows like the uncle there and the brother. And They're all diff very different looking than what they show in the story, yeah. but but they do show the actual like little him as a little boy mm -hmm. being him now kind of thing. They allude that Miles is the brother mm -hmm. that's oh, the brother of the woman getting married. Um, the people that are there like look similar, but not quite to what her characters are. It's definitely Jamie with the ring. Oh, like, yeah, who she's sure. describing anyways in the story of Jamie is definitely her. Um, and I think because Danny, before she died, had this thing of, they'll never remember me. They'll never know who I am. Like, they don't know what I did for them. I felt like Jamie felt the need in, in a different them. way yeah. to just get, so, so we, they don't get, like, freaked out. Like, why are you throwing yeah. all this on us? I'll just tell you a ghost story. So she tells them the history without them knowing. Yeah. Um, and we don't really know it's Flora until... Um, they're dancing, right? I think, no. I thought she got up at one point and goes, it's odd. Like, I, uh, my middle name is Flora, but yeah. that could just be a coincidence, right? And that's when you know that she changed the name. Like, none of those people are probably named what she decided to yeah. name in the ghost story. But also... But they are the characters. It shows in. her dancing with her uncle. Mm-hmm. And then it shows like a little girl dancing with the uncle. Kind yes. Of. So yeah, you, it, it, it does. Um, but yeah, she did mention that Flora was in her name as mm -hmm. well. She said Flora is my middle name. That's I thought it was coincidence, but yeah. I'm not sure. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And uh, so that wraps it all up. And then she, the girl says something about, um, that'd be so cool to see Bly Manor. And Jamie said, I can, I can promise you it's no longer there. If you go to Europe, you'll never find a place called Bly Manor. Mm -hmm. So then you're wondering like, are they actually in what was Blind Manor? Is it really in America where they're at? Mm -hmm. Did it never take place in Europe? Did she change that too? Kind of leaves you wondering. Mm -hmm. 
Which I'm okay with. Yeah. That's fine. I'll just wonder yeah, about. Yeah, no. But as I'm saying, like you're wondering that whole thing. Yeah. So I had one other thing. I can't remember what I was going to add, but it was a good wrap up. I thought it yeah. really tied all the knots. Yeah, it was good. Um, I think it, it kept us very intrigued the entire time. It's not. I don't think it's too scary. There's not a lot of jumping out. It's just creepiness behind. Like it's just. Not knowing what's going on, but once you figure it all out, all that creepiness actually kind of goes away, and you just learn the story and the mm -hmm. character development. Um, so, whereas the haunting one that we're watching right now, there's still a lot of ghosts and jumping out. Um, we haven't. He. I've noticed that. I have noticed that Mike Flanagan definitely has a certain way he likes to tell a story, because we talked about the episodes and how there's character development episodes. Yeah. Haunting Hill House is the exact yeah, same way. Style. And then at the very end episode, it took all the way until the second to last episode where we learned the story of the ghosts. Yeah. That episode has to be coming for Hill yeah. House. We haven't even seen it yet, but yeah. that episode's coming. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Now so, that you point that out. Um, so I'm just going to skip. Well, let's, why don't we hold off on Hill House okay. until next time? So, um... So yeah, we'll, once we finish watching Hill House, we'll come on and do a review of that. Like I said, that one's a couple years old already, so you probably may have already watched it. Maybe you're behind the game like we are. Um, so if you have watched Bly Manor, uh, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And if you have not watched it, hopefully we didn't spoil it too much for you and you're intrigued enough to go take a look at it. There's still, I think, plenty for you to watch. Um, we didn't go too There's in depth. So I much tried to be, yeah. yeah. We really just skimmed the surface. Um, we may have told you a little few things that you didn't, um, you wouldn't. Yeah, there's, I mean, we gave away spoilers, but we yeah. didn't go too deep. Yeah, no, nope. I think there's still plenty for you to watch and find out, and I'd uh, love to hear what you oh, think. We always give a grade. Yeah. As a, this is our first show. As a show, what would you grade this? Mm, I'd say it's an A. Samantha's the teacher you guys want. I'll tell you what. It's easy grades. For what kind of show it is, you can't just... The way I grade stuff, you can't just say it's an A compared to the best drama out there. No, but for the show that it is, it's an A. Okay. What do we grade differently? <laughs> <laughs> I say I do say it's a B plus. I'm not far off of her. I think it's a good show. Yeah. I mean, there's great character development and everything. Acting. I know, and that's how I do it. Actor, storyline, character. I don't care if it's a horror or drama, whatever. It's all that combined yeah. for me. So like. And for it to be, just be um, a short series, a mini series, basically, you have correct. to give it that too. You can't. I don't think you can compare a show that's been on for ten years. It's a seriously developed drama compared to this, and say this doesn't deserve an A, and that right. does. And because so. I'm still out on the fence, for example. This Is Us, depending on how that wraps up, because there's only going to be five seasons. Yeah. Like, right now, I would say that is an A show. I know, but, but if it goes bad, then it will be not. But I, I don't think you can compare. Right, like, I, I know what you're saying, because it's five seasons. Yeah. I know it's going to be five seasons. Yeah. I know what you're saying. So for the type of show that this is, I think it meets all the requirements to get an A. Okay. <laughs> I'm leaving room for improvement. <laughs> I guess we'll see what season three brings yeah. in a couple of years. <laughs> Um, that was kind of a lengthy episode. So hopefully you enjoyed catching up with us. Um, we plan to come back on more regular. 
uh, maybe taking a break around the holidays, you know, just to be a family. We'd like to be a weekly down. or bi-weekly show if possible. Yeah. It won't yeah. be months between. Um, we'll continue to probably fluctuate between TV series and movies, just depending on what we're watching and what's going on. Because there's not a lot of movies in the theaters right yeah. now, we're going to be doing a lot of Amazon Prime, Netflix, yeah. and anything that might be like direct release to iTunes that really catches our interest. Yeah. If we go that way. Corey mentioned maybe doing a holiday movie coming up. Um, Anything that Disney Plus releases, so look out for our Mulan review in December, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll have stuff like that. I hope they release something else again like Togo last Christmas. That was so good. Togo was really good. If you haven't watched Togo on Disney Plus, go watch it. That was a great movie. A. <laughs> oh, one of Corey's A's. You really should go watch it. <laughs> Any movie that tears on my heartstrings, because I'm pretty hard about not getting too engrossed in a movie and understanding it's a movie, but that one did it. I so. feel like we should watch it again hey. in December, because that should be like an every December movie. That's like one of my top dog movies. Oh, yeah. Eight Below is my top dog movie, and it's Togo's right there, which is ironic, because they're both like sled dog movies. But yeah, I feel Eight like Togo's definitely above. Eight Below? You yeah, like oh, yeah. Just the entire movie was just it was made better. It's just... Well, very, Below's really old. Yeah, but I just mean, like, it's got more of a lighter storyline where Togo's got, like, a deeper, darker, like, heartier storyline, I guess. I guess we're getting now into a movie review, but I guess what draws me about, well, they both are. Eight Below and Togo, also, I will say, are both true stories, which makes it yeah. better. Because I was going to say, what draws me is they Maybe well being what a, we should do... a true story and being eight dogs stranded on their own for months and they're all alive except one. Maybe what we should do is like a movie review of like the best, you know, Christmas movie or the best, you know, like we could do something like that too. Yeah, we can have that coming your way. I, we wanted to for Halloween, but with everything yeah. that happened, it didn't happen. Yeah. So. Maybe we can think of something for the holiday. Because I still wanted to see Huey Halloween, but I think I'll do that on my own because it's probably going to be a really corny Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm yeah. not interested. All right. Well, thank you. Tune in um, hopefully next week. If not, maybe in a couple weeks. We're, hopefully we can get back on schedule is what we're hoping. So um, thanks for listening. If you enjoy listening, make sure you subscribe to whatever platform you're listening on. You can also check us out on Instagram. I have not been posting as much, but I will start now that we have new episodes coming out. Um, and that's the Coco Jojo show, I think, on Instagram. So um, also comment and post, rate us, you know, do all that fun stuff. Help us get out there and get hard. Thanks, friends.